We're starting a, a series this morning on the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to preach on that in the next couple months. Jesus, Matthew, the book of Matthew is where we're going to preach it from. Uh, there's also a version in Luke. Matthew says that Jesus was traveling all over Galilee, preaching a gospel of repentance for the remission of sins, and teaching people about the kingdom of, of God, the kingdom of heaven. And as he preached, he was healing people of all kinds of sickness and disease. And because of this, multitudes of people started following him everywhere. These huge crowds. And in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus looks out and sees this huge crowd of people around him. And he goes up onto a mountain and he begins to preach. And he says... Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when you, they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And with these words, Jesus began the most famous sermon that's ever been preached. You know, the Greek word blessed here that he uses over and over, the Greek word as it's used here means happy or fortunate. And... uh, you know, all of us, all of us wants to be happy. You, you want to be happy, don't you? We all want to be happy. And so Jesus lists eight things here, qualities, attributes that if you take on to yourself will make you happy. Now, does that mean you're going to be happy all the time? You're going to feel happy doing these things? Well, no. In fact, some of these things are going to make you pretty sad when you're doing them. But afterward, the result, the fruit of these things will be great joy and peace and happiness. You will be blessed. And how will we be blessed? Who's going to be blessing you? The one whom all blessings flow. God will bless you. God will make you happy. You will have this blessing from God. So let's take a few moments here and talk about each of these things, these, these attributes that Jesus wants us to have to be blessed and happy from God. You know, when it, when it comes to money, there's all kinds of people in the world financially successful. Some, some people have nothing. Some people have more. Some people have a lot. 
There's just all kinds of people. I don't know how you see yourself financially, but probably in the world today, we're way more side, pretty well off. How do you see yourself spiritually? Are you rich or poor? Spiritually. Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Can you take care of yourself spiritually? Or do you need help every day? Are you on your knees in prayer to God asking for spiritual needs? Because you just can't, you can't fulfill them on your own. Do you need Him for that daily? You know, the poor in spirit have a humble, repentant heart. Isaiah 66 and 2 said it this way. God says, but on this one will I look. On him who is poor and of a contrite spirit. And who trembles at my word, says the Lord. If you're poor in spirit, then you know how guilty you are. And you know how much you need Jesus. Reading God's word should convict you of sin. And you read it daily. You read it often. Because you need that. You need that food from God. You need it. To survive, you know. But we're so, we're so rich and proud in this country. It's hard. It's hard to be poor. And it's so easy to forget how spiritually poor we are. Do you know we have nothing? We have absolutely nothing. Only the grace of Jesus Christ. Matthew verse 5 and verse 4, he says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. In Luke chapter 7 and verse 36, Jesus is there in town and a Pharisee asks Jesus over for supper. And Jesus goes to his house and he sits down at the table to eat. And there's a woman, the Bible says, is a sinner in town. And she hears Jesus is there and she goes to the house and she goes and she stands behind Jesus' chair as he's sitting there. And she begins to cry and weep. And she's weeping behind the Lord. And then she bends down and she starts to wash Jesus' feet with her tears as they pour down her face. And starts to dry his feet with her hair. And she kisses his feet. And she brings out an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and she anoints his feet with that oil as she's crying and mourning at Jesus' feet. Now Simon the Pharisee that invited Jesus is sitting over there watching all of this. And he's disgusted. He's looking down at this woman, this 
sinful woman and he can't believe Jesus is letting her touch him. And he says to himself in his mind, if he were really a prophet, he would know what manner of woman this is who is touching him. And Jesus knew his thoughts. And he says, Simon, I I have a question for you. And Simon says, say it. And he says, he tells him a story. He says, there was a creditor that had two debtors. One owed him 500 denarii. The other owed him 50. And neither one of these two had anything to repay the debt. But the creditor completely forgave them both, all of their debt. And he asked Simon, he says, tell me therefore, which of these will love him more? And Simon says, well, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And Jesus says, you have rightly judged. He says, you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. Yet she has washed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You you gave me no kiss. But she has continually kissed my feet. You gave me no oil for my head. Yet she has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Because he who loves much, much is forgiven. You know, Simon, Simon was rich in spirit, wasn't he? Do you love Jesus like this woman loves Jesus? Do you love him like she did? We all sin. Do your sins ever make you cry like they did this woman? Do you weep over your sin ever? Do it grieves the Holy Spirit? If it makes God cry, it should make us cry. Sin separates us from God. That alone should make us weep. Like Peter, who after hearing the rooster crow the third time, remembered how he had betrayed the Lord. And went out and wept bitterly. When we repent, when we repent in sorrow and tears, the God of all comfort blesses us with forgiveness. And he says the same thing he said to this woman. Your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Go in peace. In verse 5, Jesus said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. 
What does meek mean? What does it mean to be meek? I had to look this one up. Uh, Meek means to be gentle. To be gentle to all. To not, not being harsh. A meek person isn't easily provoked. He blesses those that curse him. That's the kind of a person a meek person is. Does that describe you? Are you a meek person? If you're not, you need to, you need to be. You need to fix that. Is that what, that's what God expects us to be. Well, someone might say, well, if I am like that, people will just walk all over me. And I won't get anything done. That may happen sometimes. But that's how God says we are to be. And you know, everything belongs to God anyway. It's all His. So if we're going to get anything, we're going to have to get it from Him. Being meek. Being meek doesn't mean that you're weak and helpless. It means that you know God is over you, looking at you. And you humble yourself before Him. That's what meek means to a Christian. Your reward will come from God. Matthew 5 and verse 6, He says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Have you ever been hungry? I mean, really, really hungry? No, you may not believe it looking at me, but I have been hungry before. I remember in college, um, I tried to, I tried to see how long I could go without eating. Only three days. And on the third day, I remember sitting there, all I could think about was food. I couldn't think about anything else but food. And pizza. Pizza was the thing I couldn't get out of my head. And and it was just horrible. It was a horrible feeling. Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness like you do for food? Do you hunger for God's Word, His truth? Do you thirst for the things that are pure and honest and true from God? When you know you've done wrong, when you know you've sinned and you know you're not right with God, does it hurt inside? Does it hurt? Does being separated from God hurt as much as being separated from food? You know, when it comes to hungering and thirsting for righteousness, is this what God sees right here when He looks at you? Hungering for righteousness. Or does He see something like this? You know, if you just hunger and thirst for the things in this world, you're going to be hungry again. 
It never ends. You're always going to be hungry again. But if you hunger and thirst for the things of God, for righteousness, you will always be filled. Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Jesus showed great mercy to people. Great mercy. The woman caught in adultery. He could have condemned her. He had every right to. And he said he stopped the stoning with a word. And gave her a chance to repent. Each of us knows. Each of you know today. How much the Lord has forgiven you. How can you not forgive other people? Matthew 18 and verse 23. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a king who went to settle accounts with his servants. And he brought these servants in and and he found one who owed him 10,000 talents. And this servant had no money with which to repay. So he ordered that this servant be sold, his family, his wife, his children, all sold to pay the debt that he owed. And the man fell down on his face and said, Lord, have mercy on me and I will repay all. And the king had compassion on him. And forgave him freely all of his debt. And that servant immediately then went out and found one of his fellow servants that owed just a hundred coins. A little bit. He owed him. And he demanded that he paid everything he owed. And the man had nothing. And he fell down and said, have mercy on me and I will repay all. But he would not have mercy on him. He ordered that he be sent to prison until everything he had was paid back, everything he owed. Well, the king, he heard about this and he was angry. He had this servant brought in and he said, you wicked servant, I repaid you all that debt. Yet you would not have compassion On this fellow servant of yours. He was angry. And he had this servant tortured. And thrown into prison. Until he could repay all of his debt. Jesus said. That this is how our father in heaven. Looks at us. When we don't forgive other people. When we don't have mercy on other people. If there's someone in your life you need to forgive. I suggest you do it. Do it quickly. Forgive people. You will be blessed. You will be so blessed. You will have peace and joy. After you forgive these people.
More than that, if you show mercy, Jesus said, God will show mercy on you. And Jesus doesn't lie. Verse 8, Matthew 5, Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I couldn't find a better picture of something pure. How do you keep your heart pure in the world today? Well, how do you keep anything pure? You keep the garbage out. You keep things from contaminating it out. You know, anyone who's lived on a farm knows how dirty those places are. They have some nasty places. And when I was a kid, it was my job to milk the cow. We had one milk cow. And I remember milking the cow and, and the milk cow would be swatting his tail all the time, all over the place. And just trying, I was convinced, to get cow manure in the milk. And flies, especially in the summer, they would be bomb diving the milk bucket. And it was hard to keep that milk pure. But I did the best I could because no one wants to eat milk with cow manure in it. I didn't. Well, it's also hard to keep your heart pure in this wicked world. You have to constantly be on guard. Take control of the things you read, the things you watch, the things you listen to. Take control of those things. And you keep the garbage out. It's the only way I know to keep your heart as pure as possible. Make good choices about the things that you let enter your mind. Just like you don't want to be drinking... Milk with cow manure in it. God doesn't want to look at your heart and see the filth of this world. Keep your heart pure. Verse 9. Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. I know that conflict and fighting is entertaining to watch. You know, every... Every good story seems to have conflict of some kind. But it can destroy lives. Fighting can destroy relationships between people. Don't spread rumors about people and tear them down. Nothing good comes from tearing people down. James said it this way in James 3 and verse 16. For where evil, where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. As a child of God, you must be gentle, quick to forgive, willing to yield, 
and eager to make peace. Again, that doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're a weak person. That means you know God is stronger than you. And he said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Your job as his child is to make peace. And finally, the last of the eight. Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, of all the eight blessings Jesus talks about here, this, this might have been the hardest one to understand. How can we be happy being persecuted? You know, and maybe Jesus saw the confusion in the people's faces when he said this. Because this is the only one of the eight he repeated more forcefully and in more detail. In the next verse, he says, Again, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know, maybe, maybe if we're not being persecuted... Maybe it's because we're acting like everybody else. I know no one wants to be hated or made fun of. You know. But Jesus said if we're hated and mocked because we're acting like Him, then rejoice. You're being like Jesus. Rejoice. Paul, Paul counted it joy and an honor and a privilege to be persecuted like Jesus was. Do do you hide your faith just to be friends with the world? In the book of Acts, Stephen, Stephen asked the Jews, he said, Which of the prophets did your forefathers not persecute? And then they stoned him to death. Does Stephen look happy here? Does he look happy as he's being stoned? Well, of course not. I'm sure it wasn't happy for him going through that. But afterwards... Afterwards, he had the peace of righteousness. So much peace that he actually asked God to forgive those people who were stoning him. And then he looked up and saw heaven open. And Jesus standing at the throne of God. The right hand of God. I can't imagine... The joy that awaited Stephen that day. How much joy he was about to experience that day. Eternal joy. 
that's what we seek. That's what we want. That's the blessing we seek. These things here, when you endure them, will bring you favor from God and blessings from God, eternal blessings. These things over here will give you a little bit of pleasure here on earth. And it'll be gone in a blink of an eye. Every day you'll be tempted. And you'll have to choose. Who are you going to serve? Him or self? I want to encourage you today. To make choices, godly choices, that will bring you blessings from God. That will bring you these blessings from God, eternal blessings. I hope these things have been encouraging to you in your spiritual walk. We're going to sing a song of invitation. and As we do, if anyone has a, a request for a prayer, the church will be... Happy to serve you. Please come forward, sit on the front pew as we stand and sing.
economic struggles was said as we all do. And he has a hard time understanding that he is forgiven. He asks God to forgive him. And he wants us to know that he's trying, that he needs our help. He needs us to pray for him and to help him, help him in his struggle every day to overcome the temptation to be a better person. And I love money because I know this is sincere. And I will ask you in your heart to pray for money. And if there's anything you can do to encourage this brother in the weeks and months ahead, please, please do. Please join me in prayer. Loving Father in heaven, we are so humbled and so thankful this morning for the courage of Brother Monty and uh, for his uh, willingness to come forward and acknowledge that he does battle sin. And Father, we're thankful for his contrite heart. We pray that you will bless his efforts to, to fight against sin. We know, Heavenly Father, that each of us from day in the day gives in to temptation. And we pray that you look down on us in mercy. But we especially pray for Brother Monty and that you, who know his temptations and weaknesses, that you will help him to steer away from those things. Help us as Christian brothers and sisters to be here for him and to provide the support that he may need to be an encouragement to continue his fight against sin. Father, we pray that each of us, as we uh, are encouraged by Brother Monty this morning, that we will examine ourselves and that we will recognize the sin that is in our lives, and that we'll, we will be strengthened and encouraged, that we will do more to fight against sin, because, Father, we know that as long as we continue to struggle against the powers of Satan and sin, then you are with us and you are willing to forgive us for our wrongs that there's only been one that has come here and lived a perfect life, and we're so thankful for Jesus. And that through Him, that Brother Bonnie and, and ourselves, each of us can have that forgiveness of sins. We ask, Father, that You will bless our congregation to serve and to be, a, uh, to be supports for one another. We ask all this in His name. Amen. Page 666. Page 666. First class, it doesn't look like this is a song about communion. It says, I am mine, O Lord. For the covenant between two people, I'll do this, and in return you do this. For the chorus, it says, draw me nearer to the cross where you died. Of course, it talks about the part that Jesus did. Of course, we're about to have it. Then the second part of that covenant or agreement is what we're going to do in return for what he's done for us, and that's the part of the song, I'm not on Lord. But as we talked about both parts of the covenant, our part and his part. 
In 1 Corinthians 15th chapter, it talks about what Christ did for us. And I wonder how many times you really, honestly, when you're remembering Christ, how many times do you honestly think about it? Every time that you say something you shouldn't say. Every time that you do something you know you shouldn't do. And then you remember... That Jesus has taken every bit of that sin from you. And he bore it while he was on the cross for you.
every time that you think bad things about somebody because of how they mistreated you. And we all do it. We will regret it later. But we all get angry. And we